The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are about to enter a world of straight talk, compelling issues, and real solutions. Welcome to Power of Peace Radio with your host, Kit Cummings. Each week, we will tackle the issues that you've been talking about. We bring desperately needed hope and peace to our youth and our communities. Now, here is Kit Cummings. Hey, everybody. Kit Cummings, Power Peace Radio, broadcasting live from Atlanta, GA. Very excited to have everybody on board tonight. We've got a show that I've been looking so forward to. We've got, uh, it's a surprise, I'll tell you in a second, but, but, uh, Power Peace Radio is about broadcasting compelling stories, thought leaders, change agents. We talk about things that you're already talking about, maybe on the news, maybe at the water cooler, maybe at your school, at your office, in your church, in your community. And we dive into issues and we walk into communities and we talk about um, the things that, that we need to shed light on. We bring light into dark places. We go into the Fergusons, the Baltimores, into the inner city, out into the suburbs where kids are, are dying. But we also, we bring in uh, athletes, celebrities, hip-hop, guys that are out there doing good work and women doing great work, especially as it pertains to kids. This is all about helping kids. We go into schools and grab the attention, interrupt, redirect, uplift kids that are on a dangerous course. And uh, tonight, we also, we highlight organizations that are doing great work around people that are at risk. Some people might not know that we have, um, we have uh, a lot of veterans. We, we hear about the veterans coming back from Afghanistan, from Iraq. Of course, we know about the aging uh, Vietnam generation. Uh, but tonight, I want to give a, a quick little shout-out sponsor to Follow Me Realty that are doing some amazing things with veterans. And so we've got the founder and the president of followmerealty.com, Terry Cummings, and she happens to have the same last name as the host, and that is not coincidental. <laughs> so come here, I want, I want her to introduce herself real quick. I'm Terry Cummings, and I am with Follow Me Realty Associates. My partner and I uh, have a passion for veterans. 23 veterans a day commit suicide due to PTSD and mental illness. We support veterans by donating a portion of our commission to different veteran organizations. Purple Heart and Bronze Star with V device receive free services. We also provide a hero program for firefighters, law enforcement, doctors, nurses, EMTs, veterinarians, and teachers that are looking to sell or buy. Check out our Facebook page, Follow Me Realty, for more information. Thank you, Kit. <laughs> That's her uh, like corporate voice. 
I'm, uh, I'm going to hear the real voice later on because, uh, man, I just got some serious brownie points. For those of you out there that are married, you put your wife on the radio about talking about her cause. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. So anyway, um, I want to talk about our guest tonight. Usually I have a story and I lead in with a bunch of great news. Tonight, I want to get right to it and um, because we've, we've got some things we want to do. Today, we live in a fast food society. People want and expect things right now. Young people are being raised by media technology that allows them instant access to practice anything they desire with a simple keystroke. Movies, music, social media, gaming make the American dream look cheap, easy, and available to anybody without much sacrifice. More and more youth are choosing entertainment over hard work, discipline, and they're finding fewer and fewer true role models to emulate. Uh, this week, we've got um, a true NBA. I'm going to use the word legend. I mean, I grew up, and I'm going to have to say, um, first of all, I'm a bulldog. I'm just throwing that out there. That'll, that'll be relevant in just a second. But uh, Dennis Scott is a retired NBA player, 6'8", small forward from Georgia Tech, and the 89-90 ACC Men's Basketball Player of the Year. Dennis Scott was selected by the Orlando Magic with the fourth pick of the 1990 NBA draft after being the leading scorer on a Yellow Jackets team that made the Final Four that year. Uh, Scott spent the majority of his career with the Magic, earning the nickname 3D for his ability to consistently make long three-point field goal attempts until the drafting of Shaq in 92, Scott was a leading scorer for the Magic. In 95-96, Dennis Scott set an NBA single-season three-point field goal tally with 267. He also set the NBA record for most three-pointers made in a single game with 11 in 1996. Uh, Dennis Scott was honored by the Magic in 2006 for outstanding accomplishments in his career. Dennis Scott is a role model for teens who are striving to achieve their dreams, an example for young people. Welcome, Dennis Scott. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Now, I'm a bulldog, man. I'm, I'm just going to throw that out there. So I'm, tonight, I'm just trying to show some love to Georgia Tech. I married a Tech fan, which I, I don't even want to get into that. But tonight, I'm, I'm making peace. This is my olive branch, man. Welcome to the show. I love you, man. Well, I appreciate you having me on tonight. And for all you listeners, it's a pleasure to be on to, uh, as they say in, in, in this new generation, keep it real or, or be able to. Speak how you feel, but make sure you understood. Absolutely. I like that. And we're going to talk about your passion. Uh, one, talk about your career, but also, you know, obviously highlight what you're doing now. And we're going to get to that. Uh, we also have tonight for the first time, we've got a co-host on Powerpiece Radio. And his name is Zeron Pledger, which, um, check this out, X-E-R-O-N, Pledger, <laughs> which that's not a rock and roll Hollywood name, Zeron Pledger. <laughs> Zeron is an entrepreneur, writer, business owner, program facilitator, public speaker. He's currently working with uh, as a congressional liaison and projects coordinator for Congressman Hank Johnson. He's worked uh, under the umbrellas of Motown, BET, Gladys Knight, and others. He's worked directly with city boards, educational boards, schools, nonprofits, state agencies. I could go on. We both are bulldogs, so really we're kind of ganging up tonight, man. A couple bulldogs. Yeah, we got all is good, brother. All is good. I mean, outside of, outside of you guys being bulldogs, we, we all good. 
Zeron, you and I met at a an event about six weeks ago, two I don't know, two months ago, and it was at the King Chapel on Morehouse University at the Martin Luther King Chapel, and it was a special event. We were trying to bring cops and communities together after Baltimore, and um, it was powerful. You know it was, and you and I met after the event, and we just clicked, and we started working together, and that brings us tonight. Zeron, we're going to call you Z for the rest of the show. Thank you that for works. bringing your friend Dennis on, and uh, I'm going to throw it over and uh, go ahead, go ahead, talk to Dennis for a sec. Yeah, Dennis, man. I mean, I really appreciate you coming on, and um, you know, Kit was really excited about it. We've been going back and forth all weekend about this, and today uh, we really want to talk about legacy. You know, and leaving a legacy and what it takes to accomplish such a feat. Uh, and as we touch on legacy, let's kind of talk about basketball with you and, and Georgia Tech, because uh, as Kit mentioned, a lot of the kids don't realize that there's a regiment that goes into that. So I go back and think about you as a high school senior. Your team was ranked number one in the nation. For our youth that want a future in sports, what was the college recruitment like and what leads up to that final decision based on all the hard work that went into that? Well, I think the biggest thing that's missing today that some of our educators aren't harping on is decision-making. So how Kit started the show about young men and women today, they have more decisions to make than we had, say, in the 70s and 80s. But they don't understand that when you make these decisions, these are larger outcomes, and they can set you back for many years to try to prepare yourself to have a successful life. So when we were kids, our parents told us to go outside and play, figure it out. Where today, as much as I love technology, anyone that knows me very well, I'm a gadget freak. I love the iPhones, the, the tablets, all that stuff. But what I've mm-hmm. done with my kids is share to them that, hey, if the grades aren't right, if the room's not clean, and you're not respectful to your mom and your grandmother, you can't have nothing. Mm-hmm. So it's a simple motto of do what you're supposed to do and you can do what you want to do. So that means I had to put in the work every day. I had to work on my game. I had to eat right. I had to take care of my body because everyone knows 3D. I've always had a big body. So if I didn't do those two things along with keeping my grades right, Georgia Tech, Georgetown, Syracuse, UCLA, I'm glad Georgia didn't recruit me because I wouldn't have liked them anyway. But that's what? the things you have to do Man, you to didn't be have prepared to, man. to make that tough decision. I had to get one more in on y'all guys. Okay, but I get the mic last, though, man. Just keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> now, let's, so, let's roll into that. So I'm just going to grab it back me. right now, man. You know, I'm just grabbing the mic back right now at this point. No, I, I want to touch on that because that was awesome. And and I love, I can tell you have a command of this. This sounds like I, I've heard, and now I get to hear it myself, that this is your passion. You've got a very strong voice for kids. If I'm sitting out there listening right now and I'm a kid or a parent, I'm like, okay, he's speaking with authority. And uh, you, you lent, this is why I want to jump in. You, you, you named off some, some pretty serious programs there at UCLA, Georgetown, Georgia Tech, and there's probably a whole lot more. When you're a kid coming out of college and all of a sudden you're getting letters and visits and, you know, I mean, there's probably a bunch of stories we could tell about those visits and everybody wants this guy who's coming out, Naismith Player of the Year out of uh, prep school. 
Georgia Tech is not an easy place to go to school because, you know, it is not just a great basketball school, Bobby Cremins and the great legacy there, but it's also, you've got to be a very, very hardworking student athlete. And how did you make that choice? And was it hard not to, I don't know, just, I'd love to know about that. Well, the decision, one one of the main decisions, the reason I came down South and, and, and for you listeners, I wanted to pay attention closely. The reason I came down south, because I grew up up north in an area they call Chocolate City. And now the kids call it the DMV, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. So I was actually born, I was actually born in Maryland, went to private school in Virginia, but did all my basketball and all my roaming around, so to speak, in the city. So that's why back home, different parts of the DMV claim me, so to speak. So when I went on my visits, all of my visits, I said, you know, Syracuse is nice, it's too cold, L.A. is nice, but it's a little bougie. But I came down south, it, it reminded me of being in D.C., that people in the south are getting it. They got positivity. They got jobs. They own their own house. They only got a front yard, a backyard, and a pool. Things that you thought only pockets of D.C. had. So then you heard the saying Southern hospitality. I had heard it and read about it in, in my history lessons, but I had never seen it and felt it. Once I felt that Southern hospitality, I got back to my hotel room. I said, Mom, I'm coming down south. The fried chicken, macaroni and cheese, and the <laughs> smiles and the hugs is just as good up here. In All right, now the truth. Now it's coming what? out. <laughs> you see what I mean? It, but it doesn't snow. But it doesn't snow down here. So I said, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm, you, you know what I mean? And, and lastly, real quick, everyone said, why are you going to Georgia Tech? That's an engineering school. That's a tough school. You got to go to class. There's no way you can do it. And that gave me more motivation, more than knocking down threes, to shut everyone up that I was able to. My first grade, I, I saved this report card to this day to show my kids. My first report card the first semester was a 3.0, and I shut everyone up. There was never a question ever again. I love it. Um, I want it. Yeah. Z, I want you to go, go on to the next break, but if somebody reminds me, I want to touch on that before you get off, Dennis, that, that there's something inside of you that obviously gets pushed when somebody tells you you can't do it. I don't want to go there yet, but I love that. That speaks to me. Go ahead, definitely Z. Yeah, definitely yeah. yeah, no, I was going to ask you the same thing. Just kind of going back to what I was talking about earlier, um, about the regiment, but I was going to ask you, what were some of the sacrifices? Because a lot of these young kids think that it's, it's a microwave society, so they really think of they can wake up tomorrow and be D. Scott. They think that they can wake up tomorrow and be Oprah Winfrey. You know what I mean? They really think that they can put no work in. But what were some of the sacrifices that you had to make far as riding the bus or missing the prom or summer vacation? What were some of those things that you had to say, you know what, I'm going to have to dismiss this on this particular time because I got to put the work in or I have to go to a game or tournament. What were some of those things that you had to, to, to take into consideration in, in making those sacrifices? Uh, uh, that's a great question because I'm going through it now with my youngest son who's 10 years old. And I had to tell him, I said, son, you know, mom was working three and four jobs. And when mom and dad separated, my older brother decided to stay with my dad. So it was just me and my mom. So I said, son, I had to walk everywhere. He said, what do you mean? So when I took him home back to D.C. this summer, I showed him where the home was, where we lived at. And then I showed him how far I had to walk. 
He said, Dad, it's taking us 15 minutes to drive. So I said, now, time's at about two and a half, so now that's about a half an hour, 45-minute walk. He goes, wait a minute, you used to walk all the way here just to play? And I said, well, I'm not done yet. And then we took him to another part. So I said, when your grandma left to go to work, I walked from park to park, town to town, just so I can play against the best so-called in the city and in the suburbs. Hmm. So then at night, when I'm coming home and you see people out there shooting dice, you see older guys with the brown paper bags, you know there's beer in there, you know it's alcohol, you figure all that out when you come through. That's one of the things that it's fun to talk to my 10-year-old because today's kid versus when we were 10, say back in the late 80s, is different because of the, of the technology, because of the Internet. So he goes, Dad, so you mean I came here five years ago and I see, I see some of the people still doing the same thing. I said, son, I can't say all of those. I said, but most of those guys you see, they didn't listen. So yeah. you remember I go back and I said earlier, now I want your listeners to stay with me now. Remember I said earlier, decision making. Mm-hmm. So you have a decision to make, but if you're not listening, you're going to make a bad decision. So I decided to stay in the house, watch TV and do my homework, Yes, I wanted to be outside. Yes, I wanted to stay on the corner and have fun and, and do all the stuff that you hear everyone supposedly doing, but that was the sacrifice to answer your question of staying in the house when my mom wasn't even home. She's at work. And I decided to go in the house and get ready for school the next day and get ready for to work on my game. That's yeah. the kind of sacrifice yeah. that kids don't want to do because they see, they think it's cool, to be standing out there, sitting on the car, drinking a beer, or maybe, maybe because we all have a few friends that don't drink or smoke, but they still want to be out and be seen. I yep. said, son, sometimes it's better to be unseen because they want to see you later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, that, that, that's good. I, I love where this conversation's going. Um, I wanted to, you know, just kind of insert this for those that are, I know there's a lot of new listeners tonight because of who we're having on and it, we're bringing in a, a, the whole first month of our show, we dealt with uh, the racial crisis, the faith crisis, the incarceration, mass incarceration. We had wardens, we had politicians, we had an Obama staffer, we had, you know, we, we really dug into the cops in the communities, we had law enforcement and hip-hop and how that's affecting our youth. It was an incredible six-week run. We took a little break uh, Labor Day and did a replay, and now we start our new series where we talk about our kids and kids that are at risk. At risk used to mean inside the suburbs, man, you know, down in the inner city, where Powerpiece does work with kids about, you know, gang violence, gang intervention, um, youth crime, and we do that, and that's a big part of our program. But now... I'm getting called uh, a lot for our program to get into the suburbs where kids are dying from overdose, um, accidental death, drunk driving death, suicide, rampant. As I've said before, we have a, a school in North Atlanta that had four suicides in one school in one school year. I do not remember my whole time growing up. You know, I graduated in the early 80s in college at UGA in the middle 80s and graduated near the end of the 80s, stayed a little bit too long. But... Um, but I don't remember any of that. Um, and so we've got this generation that is being raised by the media and I think have become very, very lazy minded 
and everybody wants to be a rock star. YouTube, Snapchat, Vine gives everybody the chance to be a diva, a rock star, make your own sex tape. You can do whatever you want to do now, and everybody thinks they're going to get to the league. They're going to be a hip-hop mogul. They're going to be a rap star. They're going to be an actor. Easy, because I got talent. You don't understand how much talent I got. And Dennis, I'd love for you to talk about talent versus hard work. I think that for you to play 10 seasons, to set records, to be on winning teams, Final Four, you know, come up with guys like Shaq and Kenny Anderson and Penny Arway, that you had incredible talent, you had great size, but that it takes a hell of a lot more than that to make it in this world, at least that's what I say. And that's what we're doing is we're going into prisons, inner city schools, you know, gangs on the streets, and we're, and we're trying to get kids to see that, man, this, uh, the, you ain't long for this life if that's the choices you're right. making, you know. And so talk about that, talent versus hard work, the combination, what it took. And somebody well, telling I, I, you you can't do it. <laughs> well, the, the, the talent and the hard work go hand in hand. And, and the, reason, the reason I say that because I know a lot of talented guys, but they don't work hard. That's why they didn't make it. Mm. I know a lot of guys that get up every morning, six in the morning, they're running, they're jumping, they're lifting the weights. They just can't play. They just can't play. It's just that simple. So that's yeah. why it has to be a healthy balance of both. But I think the gist of what people are missing on all this, though, is where is your unbelievable, unconditional faith that I really believe I'm going to make it? Not just basketball, that's life. Do I have a good example in front of me every day? You know, am I getting a healthy breakfast every day? I tease my mom all the time. I said, Mom, sometimes I used to be mad because I wish you had more. Because now, who I am, just turned 47 last week, and I can take a computer apart and put it back together. But as a kid, I had no idea I would love computers because I was never introduced to computers. Mm. Uh. So you see what I'm saying? So like, like most yeah. kids hate math. My daughter's yeah. turning seven, and she's doing 10-year-old math already because she loves numbers. So she went to a math camp this summer. What kid on their free time says, I want to go to math camp? Yeah. So I said, sweetheart, if that's what you want to do, that's what you're doing. Mm. If you want to yeah. go to math camp all summer, that's fine. Cheerleading, soccer, football, whatever that is. You know, now because girls can play football in, 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 in the Little League. I don't care about none of that. If you like math and you're having fun with it, that's what we're getting ready to do. With so that, to me, I think what's missing today with the kids is that, Mom, Dad, have you taken five minutes to say, Son, daughter, what do you like? What do you want to do? Let's tap into yeah. that. Because when yeah. you tap into that, they do everything else you ask them to do. Gotcha. And I think that's what parents need to understand. Before I pivot into um, something, I guess, to kind of rise on the, 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 the end of what you just said, first I say happy belated birthday. I can't believe I missed your birthday. My bad on that All one. Good. All good. <laughs> but, you know, you hear so many times about people achieving success. But my question, I guess, to you would be, not just about achieving the success, but maintaining it. Because like Kit just said, 10 seasons, and I know you and I have had one-on-one conversations. You talked about, you know, how uh, arduous of a task it can be and just trying to stay in shape. And, 
year after year after year, but just in maintaining that for 10 years, what does that look like? You know, to kind of talk to the kids about that, because they really think if I have a hit record, I've made it. They really think right. if I go to, go to I play at a collegiate level or if I get drafted, I've made it. And you see so many guys that are superstars at the collegiate level and they get to the pros and they're bust. What does that part look like in maintaining it? We all want to achieve it, but what does it look like in maintaining that? Well, sometimes, you know, a lot of times we as professional athletes and even as entertainers, we make what we do look so easy so people think they can do it. And then when they get there, five games and five nights, you realize that every time someone comes to their door, they're trying to take your job. So if you don't understand the difference of being a professional and being a professional, to answer your question, that's why you don't see a lot of guys be able to handle leaving the collegiate level then getting into a professional level. That's in any sport. And same thing in music. They think they get one song on the radio, they're popping bottles, they go buy a car, they go buy a new condo. Second song comes, it flops. Now they're selling everything and what happened, now they're back to doing whatever they were doing before that, before that record. So sustainability to me is harder than getting there. Because you can have a flash in the pan one season in any sport and then get drafted and then never have a great career. So once you get there, you have to learn that word professional and how can you be the best of it. Mm-hmm. I was that, that, uh, this is right off the top of my head because it's fresh in my heart. Um, a couple of nights ago, I was, I was watching a 3030. I love ESPN 3030 films. And mm-hmm. this one happened to be about the student athletes and the multi-billion dollar business that uh, college sports is, NCAA sports, and how um, that a lot of people don't understand the student-athlete's schedule and that they, they get a free ride, you know, which I think uh, the, the number is twenty-eight to $32,000, well, I guess, is an average. Kid, let me stop you Yes, sir. Stop saying free ride. It's not a free ride. <laughs> Thank you. It's not a free <laughs> ride. You. And that's one of the things why the NCAA is trying to figure out how can they give some type of stapling or talking about a package. That's what I want to talk about. They're, yeah, they're getting <laughs> into all right that there. stuff now. But they're, they're, they're 30 years late because, obviously, football with 90,000, you know, any given night on, on, on a Saturday, you know more people there. But when, you, when your team makes it to the tournament, the, 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 a field of 64, you get dollars. And each round you go, you get more money. And then once you make it all the way to the Final Four, say that's $4 million. That's $4 million going back to your conference that they didn't have unless you made it there. So that's why I tell people, no, it's not a free ride. We earned that. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's, that's good. I love it. I love it. So let's say uh, they get a college scholarship, all right? And so what the public thinks that is is that, man, they made it. They went to this or that university. And then they started looking at the, the talking about the schedule that these young men, 18, 19, 20-year-olds, um, how earth, you know, up 5.30, hitting the weights, going to class, then going to their tutors, and then going to practice, coming back, eating chow, then going at night to the study hall and getting in, you know, going to crashing at 12 o'clock, 12.30, getting up the next day, hitting the weights, and it never, ever stops. And then here was the thing that blew my mind. The guy said, and I never thought about it like this, he said, imagine an English major 
that gets a scholarship to go to a certain university, you know, a Vanderbilt or whatever. And then while that he or she is in school, they decide to write a book. And they write a book, and, and it's a hit. And, and they want to sell books so that they can send it home to their family because their family is having a hard time. He wants to support his family, and he's got the right to write a book. Nobody, there's no, there's no rules against that. But as it is today, there are, there are student-athletes that are more... Uh, you know, restricted than any other. I couldn't think of another profession or another situation where you can't go earn a, any money. And this very well-known running back said that, man, when he was in school running back at Tennessee, he said he didn't, he was starving. And he called his coach and said, man, I'm hungry. And the coach went and brought him some food. And technically that was an NCAA violation. And so I don't know what it's like to live like that, but you do as far as the rules and how hard they worked you so that they could, I mean, it's billions of dollars going into people's pockets. I'm curious as to your thoughts. Well, I'm just happy that, Finally, that the NCAA is trying to figure out what is the best way. The answer to the question, I don't know what the final outcome should be, but I know, I know, you know, student athletes should have a little more leeway and opportunities to, you know, get some type of stipend because when you're in season, to your point, when you're in the basketball season and you have an eight o'clock class, and, and I remember John Cheney was in Temple. He used to have practice at six in the morning to make sure guys were awake, to make sure they wouldn't miss their 8 o'clock class in the morning. Mm. Wow. Wow. Well, I still would have missed that one because I would have gone back and tried to get me a quick nap and been like, oh. <laughs> 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 hey, Tim uh, T, as we, as we move forward, though, I want to ask you this, man, just in transitioning from basketball. For people that, that know you, knew you for basketball. And then the younger generation now probably knows you for something else because, you know, they didn't watch you the way that Kit and I watched you. So now they're looking at you on television and things of that sort. Um, I'm a fun believer. Plan, plan to, uh, fail to plan, you plan to fail. And I'm a firm believer that life comes in chapters. So I look at you in the chapter one, high school, chapter two, Georgia Tech, chapter three, NBA. Now, since that time, you've been a general manager of ABA team. Uh, people probably don't know anything about um, You host a radio show, 3D After Dark. I used to check you out on that. Um, and now as a TV analyst and personality. But my question is, when did you know it was time? First, I guess the first question is, when did you know it was time to hang the sneakers up? <laughs> when did you know, like, okay, this is done. This ride is over. But then the second question is, when did you start planning what that transition would look like? Um, I think to answer the first part of the question, that is the hardest part of a professional athlete is knowing when to hang it up. And for me, I think when that Vince Carter era came in, that generation was just so athletic and so fast. And I said, well, let me see if I can steal another year or two. Let me go ahead and hang it up and let these young guys have this. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and then I think it was my rookie year in Orlando, well, I go back to when I was a kid, and I used to watch the NBA on tape delay on CBS with Brent Musburger for all you guys 40 and above. Y'all remember those days. And then for you listeners who are from the D.C. area, the great James Brown is from D.C., and he, he was local ABC at the time, and he had a show called Fast Break, and I happened to be one of the guests one day, and it was a good show, and we were just talking, conversing a little bit, and I said, man, I think I want to do this when I'm done playing. He said, oh, you're only 17 years old. I said, I know, but I'm preparing myself for when I get older. Wow. So, 
And so when they say certain kids or certain people have old souls, I used to hear that when I was a kid. I guess that was telling myself at 17, I was preparing myself for what I do now on NBA TV and TNT because I knew that's what I wanted to do. And on the sidebar of that, opportunity to become to be a coach or a shooting coach, no, I don't want to do that. I feel my, my more strength, my better strengths are being a GM or being a president or maybe one day finding the right partner and owning my own team. That's why I'm happy for my friend Grant Hill, who's now the new owner of the Atlanta Hawks. So stuff like yes. that, I was already thinking at 16, 17, 18 years old, and by the time I got to college and started meeting people and getting drafted, then I got closer to that dream. Yeah, yeah. that is good stuff. I sat down with a kid. Um, well, one, just to have that kind of uh, vision going forward. I mean, we talk a lot about dreams when we get in there with these kids. These kids that we're working with, um, with the Power Peace Project and with some of the things that Z is working on, and is they've got so many people telling them, you can't go here, you can't go there, you can't work out with that, you can't hang out with that, you can't put that in your body, you can't listen to that, can't watch that, can't play that. And they have just not... They're not trying to hear that anymore. They're not listening to cops, teachers, judges, preachers, parents. They're not listening. They're listening to young, you know, whatever, hip-hop, you know, media. They're listening to their friends. They're listening to whatever they think cool is. And But they think that all of a sudden, at some point, they're just going to click a switch and decide, I'm going to get serious about life. I'm going to go get a job. I'm going to make money. And so anyway, I was sitting down with this kid, and I'm getting a lot of calls from parents that have kids, and they're out of options, man. They can't, they're, they're losing their kids. They're not speaking their language. And, and so we sat down, and I said, what do you want to do with your life? And he's like, I don't know. And I said, no, tell me. I mean, come on, just today. Give me something today. He said, all right, I want to own my own restaurant. I said, awesome. Okay, what's it look like? And he started saying, I don't, what do you mean? And I said, where's it at? And he said, down by the New Brave Stadium. Cool. What's it called? He said, Bigelow's. I said, Bigelow's? Why is it called Bigelow's? He said, because my last name's Bigelow. And I'm like, well, that's pretty good. And so I said, well, yeah, who do you cater to? And I started saying, how are you going to get into it? How are you going to raise the capital? Who's your partner? And we just, we laid out the whole thing. And what he was struggling with is what a lot of kids are struggling with, is the temptation to do certain things that I'm, you know, I mean, he's, he's a good kid. He's doing great right now but he was very open about how a b and c are really a temptation for him and and they're dream killers and so once we we fashioned his dream and started to see it and put flesh and and on the bones of it um we went back to it and i said all right now bigelow's uh, man i want to come to bigelow's that's incredible show me how weed is a very important part of that plan now, just I was quiet. Show me. I mean, I'm cool. If you can show me how weed is a part of you getting to your dream, then, okay, I can't tell you I'm going to do it with you. I'm not going to support it. But, you know, everybody ain't Bob Marley. You know, show me. And a lot of these kids, are, are their, their, their dreams are so cheap, they're willing to sell them for whatever, just getting high, hanging out, playing games, and not willing to go put the work in. And that's what I'm hearing from you is a brother that has the talent, had the body, had the background, but had the work ethic and also the ability to dream. And I love dreamers. And so, well, I'd like to do this. I want to get that in. But I, but before you go, and I know you're going to have to break here in a, in a minute before we go to, we blew right through a commercial break because this has been such a great show. But I want to know, you can tell the listeners before you break off what your next step is. But me and Z, we have this thing, Ebony and Ivory, and our listeners have no idea which one's Ebony and which one's Ivory. I bet you. There's just no way to freaking tell. That's how cool this 
<laughs> so here's yeah. what we're going to do. We're, we're going to do this quiz. Z, let's go back and forth on this, all right? And so, Dennis, right, I want you to pick. You pick ebony or ivory. I'm starting, Z, okay? So, Dennis, you yeah. got to pick ebony, ivory. Larry Bird or Magic Johnson. Go. Magic Johnson? Magic. All right, go, Z. Uh, Steve. Steve, Steve Nash or Kenny Anderson? Oh, Kenny Anderson. Oh, wow, okay. All right, we're going to switch gears. Elton John or Prince? Purple rain. Purple <laughs> rain. Hey, man, I'm just saying, I'm not going to say I'm the white guy, because I might not be, but there's a, there's a pattern developing hey. here, man. I'm about to come hey. on now. Did you notice? I want everybody to, to catch this. That pause there was simply to placate the white man. I'm just saying. I think that that was in. I think that was a TG, TD Jake slam dunk, but he, he waited on that one. For no, me. See, I, I wasn't. I'm going to be very honest. I wasn't a big <laughs> TD Jake fan until the TV show. Oh, okay. gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. So more I've been Joe, I, mean, I mean, I've known Joe. I mean, that's why I hesitated. I've known Joe, Joe's movement longer. I guess to make, like it, make it. it fair. He's yeah. yeah that's, there's a reason that he's been able to do what he what he did and what his daddy did. Exactly. A lot of people don't understand exactly. his dad. Exactly. That's what I'm that movie's yeah. going on for generations. Dang. Yeah. Okay. Ready? Exactly. Uh, Vince Vaughn or Kevin Hart? Oh, that's a tough one too. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. Oh, man, that joke is so little, but he's so tall. I gotta go with Kevin Hart. <laughs> And he's in every movie yes. that's coming out this summer, he's fall, right winter, yeah, and spring. Right so, yeah, I guess Kevin. We caught him a couple of years ago. We've been like, okay, I'm going to go with Vince. All right, I'll last one. Vince all day long, yeah. <laughs> last one, if you need a sharpshooter, you go into dirt or you go into 3D? Well, last time I checked, you never want to bet against yourself, so I got to go with 3D. <laughs> Better, man. I don't, there you That's go. I would have been, yeah, I would have had to call. I would have thrown the flag. Yeah. No, no, well, Z, what? that wasn't the last one. We get The last one is Zeron Pleasure or Kit Cummings. Go. I got to go with Zeron Pleasure. I just met your kid. Hey, yeah. That's what I was about to say. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> Zeron, it's been a great that. run, this one show. I'm, I'm glad that you were able to do this, but we're going to go ahead and, you know, it was nice having I'm just kidding with y'all. Yeah, and, and, and if you could, before before you leave, man, just real quick, two minutes. I know you got a lot of things going on. If you want to just tell us something real quick for the listeners to hear, because I know you keep your hands full, man, and, and it's nonstop. I know about you having barbershops and uh, oh, you got man. your product and, what is it, Target or Walmart or something now? If you want yeah, to Walmart coming soon. With, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let me see. Where, where do I start? I guess the, the, I think I know where you're going with this, Z. And, and, and to <laughs> that, well, the president, the president, I don't want to say the president, let's say this. Things that are going on in life for me, Dennis, 3D, Scott, through our conversation tonight, all has been truly from hard work, believing in yourself, and understanding that if you don't believe in yourself, 
how can someone else believe in you? Mm. And for all you dads out there, if you, at one point in time, had a feeling about your wife, your ex-wife, or your baby mother, as they say, if the child involves, think about that same feeling you had conceiving that child, and that'll help you raise that child and not worrying about bickering with the mom. Uh, that is good. Yeah. And that's, a whole, that's a whole other show. You're going to have to come back yeah. and do another show yeah. one day. That's a whole other conversation. Anyway, I'd love to. This was, this was fun. I, I wish I, I wish that this the timing right now was, you know, I could say the whole hour, but I just want to give y'all stuff to think about. And, and, and for you dreamers, after you had that dream that felt so good, make sure you get up and start the steps of making that dream come a reality. So that's why I said I knew I wanted to be in the NBA. I knew I wanted to have my own radio show. I had it. I knew I wanted to do TV. I'm on it. I knew I wanted to have my own company. I have it. So all these things I knew I dreamt of at one point in time, but I also had to make sure I had the action steps to give it a chance to come to life. Guys, I had a lot of fun. I look forward to doing it again. Hey, we Thanks, thank sir. you so much, Dennis 3D Scott, and uh, we pray for you, and man, God bless you, your work, your family, everything you're doing, keep it up, we need guys like you. We're going to go to a break, everybody stick with us, and thanks so much, be right back. Love is in the air It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning in to the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within, but many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Should there be more to your life? Do you need a change? Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young will provide empowering commentary each week to encourage you. She will interview successful personalities from movies, television, business, technology, health, and academia. All of them have amazing stories resulting in transformed lives. You will learn how to discover real happiness, financial success, and fulfillment to live your highest purpose. Join her on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. What makes you the best you can be? Is it money? Is it success? Maybe it's love, a good career, home, and family. Could it be a bit of all of these things? Be the best you can be with Dr. Linda Sanicola, along with her featured guests, will bring you the tools that could be the answer to the questions you've been asking. You'll get to the root of some of the problems that have been keeping you from being the best you can be and tackle them head on. Listen every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You're listening to Power of Peace Radio. 
To reach Kit Cummings or his guest today, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Kit at kitcummings.com. Now back to Power of Peace Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, what an incredible first two segments. It was so good. We just we kept rolling. We just spent 40 minutes with Dennis 3D Scott, formerly of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets and then Orlando Magic and then a few other uh, NBA teams, uh, a wonderful career. And now, but that was just setting the table for what he's doing now. And uh, he's he's got he's an entrepreneur, business owner, NBA commentator. He's I mean just there's a wonderful human being, and I know we had a lot of fun. We laughed a lot and we cut up, but um, I just really really admire. Um, I, I've been enjoying watching his career, but now. Uh, and I like him even better now. And yellow jacket at that, man. Bulldogs and yellow jacket. That must be like a sign that the world, the world is changing, man. That's like the tip. The tip. It's tipping, yes, it tipping point with jacket, cats, and dogs living together. This is just beautiful. But I also want to say this, Z. You set me up, man. Because I'm going to tell our listeners this. You know, we kind of came up with this show back and forth. And then Z, this was Z's idea to do kind of ebony and ivory and to give this guy, a, um, you know, a, a little quiz at the end. Larry Bird or Magic Johnson? Okay, that was a tough call. And then you just killed me, man. Steve Nash, Kenny Anderson, Elton John or Prince, Purple Rain, Joel Osteen or T. Jakes, T.D., Vince Vaughn, Kevin Hart. Got to go Kevin Hart. Yo, Dirk Kowitzki or Dennis Scott? Come on, Dennis Scott. I mean, so I did not do my research to see that you were throwing me under the bus, man. Hey, but, but, but if, you, if you take it to the causes into consideration, Joel Osteen almost had his. And I think if... Kevin Hart had not done maybe one or two of the movies that he did, he probably would have picked this one. Well, now so, you're patronizing with, me, man. I'm just going to get off the, the air tonight and feel very badly about myself. <laughs> So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take that as, as a consolation because I thought he was going to say Joe Osteen. He said if it hadn't been for what the reality show that T.D. Jakes is doing, he would have gone with Joe Osteen. You, know, so, you, you, gotta, got a couple, you got a couple points in there. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, – but, no, every one of those guys were chosen because they're amazing individuals that have are, yeah, are yeah. changing the world with their art form. And so, um, you know, we've got uh, another segment here, about another 10 minutes, exactly 10 minutes, as a matter of fact. And there's several things I want to cover. I want to make sure, and I don't want to say it yet, but I want to talk about next week's guest because um, that is going to be really cool. We're going to continue with this um, entertainment, you know, business and athletes, actors, comedians, hip hop. And so we've got a special surprise for next week. So, um, Z, don't let me forget about that. We're going to do that. And um, I also, uh, this is very, very important to me. Um, I've just released a book called Peace Behind the Wire. Uh, Ziran and I, um, he was at our book release event. Uh, Z works for Congressman Hank Johnson in uh, Georgia. And so he's involved in change in communities on a state level and even, you know, in Washington, D.C. and nationally. And it was very important to me that you were there, brother, and that Peace Behind the Wire is about taking peace into areas that desperately need it, the prison system, into our schools, into our communities, overseas. Um, it is time for peace. 
Uh, I'm tired of excuses. I'm tired of people complaining. I'm tired of people saying why it can't be done. And we're saying, yes, it can. The Kings, the Gandhis, the Mandelas, the Mother Teresas, the Dalai Lamas, the Thich Nhat Hans, the Rabbi Heschels, the Maya Angelous, the Oprah Winfrey's, the Steve Jobs, you know, the, the great world changers all had the same universal laws and principles at work that they use to change the world. So why not us? Why not now? And we're trying to find yeah. young people that will quit buying all the hype that you can't, you can't, you can't, you never, you never, you won't. And saying, we don't believe that. We want to change the world and we want to do it now. Peace Behind the Wire is a nonviolent resolution. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, Apple iBooks, um, print, Kindle. But uh, please check it out, Peace Behind the Wire. And um, if you need hope, if you need hope in your family, if you've got kids that are straying, if you need hope in your marriage, if you need hope anywhere, hope is the new dope. And so it it's contagious. You can't do too much. Getting hooked to a good thing. The high never ends. Man, I'm all over that. So, Z, tell us a little bit about how in the world did you get to Congress, and what is your passion for helping kids? Well, first I want to say the piece behind the wire, good read, guys. So make sure you pick that up and, and, and definitely check it out and get a little inspiration. Um, mine with the kids is similar to your situation with the with the individuals in the um, in the in the penal system. Um, my program, Culture Change, is something that I'm really passionate about the same way. And what I'm trying to do really, kid, is to steer these kids in the right direction so that they do not travel down the road for those that you're you're helping. So my, my vision with this is to change the culture and the psyche of our young people by altering what they see about themselves, the world, uh, the world around them, and embracing the concept, uh, having options to become a product of not just their environment, but any environment they want to become a product of. So that's really the, the focus of, of what I'm trying to do with, with culture change. Uh, going back to some of the things that we were talking about with Dennis, so many of these kids really do not know what it looks like to be successful in certain realms of life. So they're copycat they're copy they're being a copycat of what it is that they see and mimicking the things that they see around them. So what you have to do is put them in an atmosphere where they can learn from things that are more positive, things that are more uplifting, more things that uh keep them more focused and and, 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 and keep the equilibrium to where they're balanced in everything that they do. Because sometimes, you know, you lean too far to the left or lean too far to the right, you're falling behind. So those are the things that I want to make sure that they understand. With, my, with the program that I'm working with, um, and i got to throw a shout-out to my man, Jared, Jared McKinley, uh, yes. as you know, Kit, who's working with us on some other things, if he's listening. But the focus is to, to, to let these kids be in a position to where it's like, if you aspire to do something, we want to put you in that situation to help you win. Now, it's up to you to put the work and have that work ethic, but we want to put you in that situation so you can win. Absolutely. Yeah, because, I mean, there's, man, kids are hurting. And uh, it's yeah. the common theme that I see in, in the work that you and I are both doing is it's children in pain. It's teens in pain, and they're, they're medicating in different ways. Uh, it, it is the lure um, of the gangs because you got kids that are um, left out 
or they're in a neighborhood where, man, it's just every single day is is the temptation because you see the guy that's got everything you want. Or maybe, you know, I mean, uh, predators prey on, on broken, wounded uh, kids. And so if there's a, a single parent or if there is a, you know, you've lost a loved one or if there's abuse, if there's generational poverty, if there's a lack of nutrition, if there's all the things that are going on, um, it's easy prey for people that have everything that a kid wants. Want money, want yeah. good clothes, want nice shoes, want a nice girl. You want protection. Nobody ever touch you again. And then, you know, a kid is all of a sudden he's or she is lured into that world. But in the suburbs, you've got kids that are being bullied with Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And a profile is created and a little girl comes to school and everybody is talking about her, laughing at her because there's something that's been posted that she's not even aware of. And then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden, you know, the pressure to hurt themselves. I mean, we've got cutting and I'm leading into next week's show, but we've got cutting going on. We've got Xanax heroin. We've got met, we've got these kids are hurting and they're medicating and um, it's an epidemic. And so I want everyone who's listening Go ahead and plan Monday nights, 8 o'clock. Tell your family or come back to um, the power, PowerPeaceProject.com, TeenPeace.net, HopeIsTheNewDope.com, and listen to podcasts. Turn somebody on to it because um, we're trying to rescue these kids, and that's why we have the Dennis Scotts on. That's why we have the guests next week. But um, over the next month, uh, Zero and I are going to be addressing some of these issues with our teens, what's causing the pain, what are the solutions, and we're going to highlight people that are doing it big in Hollywood, you know, in the music uh-huh. business, in the NBA, NFL. Um, but tell us real quick, um, just in quickly in two minutes, set up next week's guest, Z, because he's another friend of yours that I think is going to be dynamite. The next week's guest is Keith Robinson. Keith Robinson is is an actor. Uh, a lot of you may recognize him uh, from uh, This Christmas, where he was in the movie with Idris Elba and Chris Brown. Uh, he was just in the James Brown movie as one of the band members. He was the brother to Jennifer Hudson in Dreamgirls. Um, he's played in movies from... Uh, what, He's been a Power Rangers, Fat Albert movie back in the day. So uh, he's really a testament to some of the things that we're talking about, somebody that had to um, fight some certain odds because he packed up and left being here in, in Atlanta. And he came to me and said, look, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to L.A. You're coming or you're not coming, you know? That's awesome. And obviously I didn't go. He went. And, you know, he said it's nice sleeping on sofas and, and cars or whatever it needs wow. to do to accomplish his goal, but that's how passionate he was about it. And that goes back to the things we're talking about with these youth. It's like, how bad do you want it? So, I mean, he had to knock on doors. And what's crazy is he actually went out there as as a singer, as an artist. He went out with with a group. It was three of them. They were singing. They were like a boy's men. I mean, these these brothers could could, could sing. And, um, you know, he made a decision that he was going to stay. The other two decided they didn't want to stay. He left. They went back to, you know, their respective homes. And he pursued acting, you know, and, and, and just kind of fell in his lap based on the dedication awesome. and hard work. And he already kind of had the personality for it, so yeah. it worked out. But he went out there to sing, and he went from singing to acting, and now he's still out there. Uh, I don't know how many years it's been now, but as, you know, some of the accomplishments that I just read, he's done yeah, a great yeah. thing. Well, we appreciate you you going out there, and uh, you're, you're a connected guy, and people are drawn to you. And I think tonight has been a great first 
show for you and I to do together. I love the vibe. I, I love what you're doing. We become great friends real fast. And so I okay. think that people are really going to resonate with this. Looking forward to Keith Robinson. Want to thank Dennis Scott. Um, this week, my challenge, talk to a kid. Kids feel invisible. Get down on their level. Look them in the eye. Listen. Ask a question and shut up and listen, and they will tell you everything. But they're tired of being talked at. They want to be talked to, and they want to be listened to. They want to know that I see you. I feel you. I got you. And that's what we do for kids. Power Peace Project. Go to teenpeace.net and check out the Teen Peace Movement. Get you a copy. Download the free app. Get the book, Peace Behind the Wire, and tune back in next week with Power Peace Radio. Thank you, Zeron. You're awesome. Kit Cummings, your host, signing off. We will see you next week. Peace out. Thank you for tuning in to Power of Peace Radio. We hope you've become inspired to make a change in your world. Spread the word and make sure to tune in to our next show. We're live every Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment Channel. Be the change you wish to see. And remember, hope is the new dope. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.